Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined by the one and only Eric Henry. We are recapping Texas's 37-10 victory over Rice that had a lot of Texas Longhorn fans. Uh, I feel like I need to get taller on my screen because, Eric, your head is, like, getting cut off by the top of your screen. Yeah, um, we're making adjustments here on the fly. We are uh, we're recapping a game that I think most Texas fans, after the first half, were feeling like, uh-oh, we got Alabama next week. And uh, after the first quarter, Texas had six carries for six yards. Uh, they didn't even try to establish the run early in this game, Eric. But um, after a 16-3 to halftime in which Steve Sarkeesian said, hey, we just need to settle down, uh, they got into a groove finally offensively and scored three touchdowns in the third quarter. Now, the defense was outstanding the entire game, Eric. Um, initial impressions, obviously, with an eye toward Alabama yeah I'm gonna give you three things Chip one the resiliency of the team was nice to see only because in my mind it's been something that has been emphasized since fall camp right that uh, and specificity with quarterback Quinn Ewers that maybe last year when things got down a little bit he wouldn't have the wherewithal to bounce back and one bad play would turn into a bad drive and one bad drive would turn into a bad quarter and so on and so forth. So in that sense, you are happy to see them uh, show some resiliency and bounce back. Second takeaway, the defensive line, safety, Jaron Thompson, what did he say, Chip? Mean, nasty, and violent. Well, granted, it was only against the vaunted Rice Owls, and now I'm using the word vaunted in, you know, sarcasm, with sarcasm, because uh, the intellectual brutality offense was plain brutal for the entirety of the day. But we can feel confident that that was the Texas defensive uh, unit, specifically the, the front seven that forced that. But the third thing, Chip, I wrote about it in the fall and I cannot get off of it until I see proof otherwise. Texas's inability to produce in short yarded situations, Chip, the only reason why I'm harping on this so much, you have seen a lot of football, a lot of college football in your lifetime, sir. There are going to be times when it is third and two, third and one. Steve Sarkeesian said he wants to be an aggressive team, fourth and two, and fourth and one, in which you go for it. And if you get stopped, that will be a momentum shift to where you're not playing Rice at home and they can't capitalize, but you'll be playing Texas Tech at home and they may be able to capitalize. Or you're going to Alabama and we know that they'll be able to capitalize. You have to, if you're going to take those chances and specificity on fourth down, but even in the third down short yardage game, you want to see the offensive line establish itself, assert itself, impose themselves on an opposing defensive line and just didn't see that. So, you know, we can get to some of the things we heard post game, you know, Jake Majors took some accountability for some of those things, but those are my three takeaways. I'll give you two positives and one that I just feel needs to get cleaned up. Uh, if not before next week, definitely before Big 12 play. Well, I said um, last week when we talked about this game that I wanted to see Texas impose its will in the running game and stop the run. The defense certainly stopped the run. They held Rice. Um, I wanted a 
I wanted a performance similar to what UTSA did against Rice last year, where they Rice ran it 32 times for five yards. Eh, not bad. They ran it 25 times for 27 yards, 1.1 yards per carry. The Texas defense did its job. Um, the longest run of the game was six yards. So no explosive plays given up uh, in the running game by the Texas defense. The Texas offense, as you just mentioned, Eric, they they did go for it. On their first drive, they went for it on fourth and two uh, from their own 33. And the thing that bothered me most about that, that whole first drive was there was not a run attempt. Um, he, you know, Quinn Ewers hit uh, Jordan Whittington for seven yards. Uh, then he hit Xavier Worthy for zero yards. Then he dropped back to pass uh, Ewers, I'm talking about, and ended up scrambling and tripped on the turf monster. Um, he had a path to the first down, but he tripped and fell after a one-yard gain. So it's fourth and two. And they attempt a pass to Jatavian Sanders, and it's incomplete. And they give the ball to Rice at the 33, and that ends up being the only – they kick a field goal. It, it's the only points that Rice scores until a touchdown late in the game. So, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, I, I thought this would have been a good time to establish the run, get some confidence, get your offensive line confident, running the football. I thought we would see Texas run it um, like from the beginning, and they didn't. Uh, as I said, six carries for six yards after the first quarter when Texas led seven to three. Then they added three field goals in the second quarter. Um, my man Jonathan Brooks had a great 33-yard uh, or 37-yard catch-and-run uh, touchdown on a screen pass, but he dropped – a ball on uh, on third and eight from the Rice nine, and he might have gotten in, um, but he dropped it, so they settled for a 27-yard field goal. So the offense just wasn't – it wasn't imposing its will on anything. Quinn Ewers missed a deep ball to Xavier Worthy, underthrew him, underthrew another deep ball um, to Worthy, two more to Worthy, missed on deep balls, and then missed on a – Underthrew uh, Adonai Mitchell, A.D. Mitchell, uh, late in the game. And, you know, it just, you know, you're going to look at the numbers. You're going to say Quinn Ewers was 19 of 30. He had, you know, 260 yards, three touchdowns, 63% completion rate. But it was, it was very uneven uh, until that third quarter. And, and then, like we said, they got into a rhythm. Um, they they finally started to run the football. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, cumulative stats here. Um, and let's see, in the in the third quarter, they ran it 12 times for 65 yards, 5.4 carry. You'll take that. Um, they completed five of seven passes uh, for with two touchdowns, 100 yards. You'll take that. Um, and on third down, they were two of three. It was easily their best quarter. And in the past, the third quarter has been a bit of a problem uh, for Texas. So I guess if we're going to look at the bright side, Eric, they did make some adjustments. 
coming out of halftime and the offense got into rhythm and, and then stretched the lead out. Yeah, Chip, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to try within this, you know, kind of retort to look at some of the bright spots, right? You know, um, Jeff Bang's special teams did look like it performed, you know, fairly well for, for the most part. Uh, defensively, as we've talked about, they performed well. The defense. Well, special really- teams, special teams. Yeah, let's, let's give some love because yeah. Bird Auburn hits the 27-yarder, but then he hits a, what, 46 and 49-yarder. Right. Um, those were not easy kicks. One was from the left hash. Um, you had uh, Trey Wisner with a big hit, uh, big hit kickoff. Big coverage, yep. Kickoff return. Xavier Worthy was this close to breaking a punt return for a touchdown. Um, and Ryan Sanborn averaged 44.5 yards on two punts. So, sorry, I did. I just wanted to no, – no. I wanted to back up your your contention that uh, special teams give them give them a solid grade. Absolutely, because those things are going to play a factor when you get into conference play, right? And like I was just saying, you know, I appreciate you making that half point, Chip. Defensively, that stuff was real, right? Jalen Ford, one handed pick, very nice, very nice to see some turnovers forced, right? Especially something that was a bit of an Achilles heel last year for the defense, but. I, I want to make this point, and I'm going to give it to you in the form of a question. You let me know what you think of this. What really sticks with me as you were talking about some of the offensive struggles, and this kind of crystallized in my mind, you talk about wanting to see the offense impose itself, right? Impose their will on the Rice defense. Chip, did it feel to you like it got to a point in the first half, not so much in the second half, but in the first half it got to a point where Texas almost had to say, okay, we can't impose our will on them. We need to rely on our playmakers. X, go save us, <laughs> you know? And that's not what you want to get to rights. And, and so I'm posing that to you in the form of a question because that's kind of what I felt a little bit in the, or, or mainly in the first half and a little bit in the opening that third quarter. You see the touchdown to JT Sanders, right? Where it's a catch and run. It almost got to a point where it's like, okay, what we wanted to do isn't working. Let's just get our best athletes out there and out-athlete them and, and, and then, you know, kind of run away with this a bit. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the first drive of the third quarter, you had the 11-yard pass to Xavier Worthy on first down. Um, you had uh, Jonathan Brooks run it for two yards. Then um, Quinn, you know, completed the, the pass to uh, – well, it was incomplete, actually, to Tavian Sanders. And then Quinn ran for 16 yards on third and eight to extend that drive. It was his best run of the game. And uh, and then Jonathan Brooks ran for two yards. Uh, and then Quinn hits Xavier Worthy for 19. Uh, Jaden Blue runs for three yards. And then um, Quinn hits A.D. Mitchell in one-on-one with a five-foot-eight corner, thank thank goodness they saw that matchup uh, because it was to the wide side of the field. Ad Mitchell, pretty routine, you know, made an outside move, then cut back to the inside. Quinn put it right on him, touchdown. Um, and and then the defense rises up, um, and they get uh, they get the turnover and. Uh, because they stopped him on fourth down and boom, then the catch and run touchdown to uh, Jatavian Sanders. 
and now they're up 30 to three and it's kind of over and out. So, um, and that's, you know, then we saw Jaden blue come in and I thought Jaden blue, Eric was, he might've been the best at making something out of nothing. I mean, the blocking really wasn't there all game. I mean, Jaden blue was having to, you know, dash and dart and spin and step, you know, get guys to miss. And, um, he ended up with 10 carries for 55 yards, you know, CJ Baxter, the freshman who started at running back ended up with, with decent numbers. Uh, he had, um, what was it? Uh, he had, uh, CJ had five carries for 38 yards, but 32 of those yards came on the, the, the running play where he ended up getting hurt and leaving the game. So he ends up with 7.6 a carry, but as, as we said, five, five carries for 38 yards, 32 of them. So that means that four carries were for six yards. That's not going to get it done. Um, And Jonathan Brooks had 12 carries for 52 yards uh, 4.3 a carry. His longest run was 18 yards. Um, that's my biggest concern. Like that is absolutely my biggest concern going into next week is the offense's ability to establish the run because um, the good news is they stayed patient with it. They kept running it and they wore rice down Alabama uh, and their defense, and let's check in on Alabama right now because they're playing Middle Tennessee. They're up 56-7 to seven as we're recording this. There's six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Alabama has run it 38 times for 203 yards, 5.3 a carry, uh, and five touchdowns. Now Jalen Milrow is doing work on the ground. He has seven carries for 48 yards and two touchdowns. That dude is KJ Jefferson from Arkansas. You just don't want it to be. I mean, even his passing numbers are like KJ Jefferson. KJ had was 14 of 19, two years ago in the blowout of Texas. Uh, Jalen Milrose, 13 of 18, 194 yards, three touchdowns passing two touchdowns rushing. It's middle Tennessee. I get it, but Alabama's doing what they're supposed to do. And, um, and Texas, ends up with a, a 37, 10 win, but there was, I mean, there's some, there's some issues and look, Texas's defense may be good enough that if, if, if Texas gets off to the same kind of start that they did against rice next week against Alabama, Texas's defense is good enough to keep them in it. They might be able to limit Alabama to some field goals, but, um, you know, the offense is going to have to, it's going to have to do more. They're not going to be able to settle for those field goals like they did in the first half uh, because it's probably going to be a lower, you know, lower scoring game. Alabama's going to limit them. All right, we'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast. You know, what did you think of Quinn Ewers, Eric? Incomplete. If I had to give Quinn a grade, it would be an I. Here's the thing. When you look at Quinn's numbers as far as the stat sheet, right, and you have have stat broadcast pull up, I don't. I know that, you know, I left a a DKR. The numbers, if you didn't watch the game, would look pretty solid, right? Yeah, 19 of 30, 260 yards, three touchdowns. He ran it 
eight times for 12 yards and so one. Just, so just a shade, uh, 19 to 30, you should have been right at 60%, right? Right. Right. Okay. So the numbers look okay. You still want the completion percentage, certainly a bit higher, especially against rights, but we can't ignore the outfit in the room, right? The deep ball was not there. And when I mean, it wasn't there. I mean, it wasn't completed because it was there. Uh, Chip, we saw Quinn hang a couple balls up and I don't know if that's just first game jitters and, and, and you don't want to overthrow somebody, but there were some times a pair of deep balls where it felt like Xavier Worthy had beaten his man or an A.D. Mitchell had beaten his man and they were waiting on that ball to come down on them. So that's why I say I can only give Quinn an incomplete grade. It was nice to see him use his legs a little bit and pick up first downs when, you know, maybe there wasn't something downfield, but again, that's against a Rice defense that, quite frankly, wasn't that good last year. I mean, they returned eight starters, but it's Rice. What do you want me to say in terms of that in that regard? So that's the best way I can describe Quinn's game is incomplete. Again, I appreciate the resiliency. I appreciate the fact that the things didn't compound and, and turn into you know, a bad drive or a bad core. But with that being said, for Texas to have the type of year that has been projected, we know that that deep ball is going to have to come into play. We heard Steve Sarkeesian talk about it. Now I'm going to pass back to you on this chip. He talked about wanting to attack the defense at all three levels, right? The short game, the intermediate game, and at the third level going long. Well, when the defense, when defenses are not threatened by anything that's going over their head, that allows them to play a certain way, right? And this is what I said I'm going to pass it back to you on. Yes, you talked about it. Texas' defense did show up. That was a legit performance. I 1,000% believe that. Did it feel in any way, is it too strong of me to say that it felt like Steve Sarkeesian was almost playing damage control in the sense of leading his press conference by saying, well, we're going to win in a variety of ways. Yes, that is true, right? This defensive performance, there is nothing wrong if Texas wins a 17-10 ball game in Alabama or a 17-13 game uh, I don't want to use Baylor as an example because we saw what, what they had uh, against Texas State, but insert Big 12 opponent, right? There's nothing wrong with that. However, it, it's not an excuse for the offensive inefficiency. And I'm not saying Sark was giving uh, excuses, but it felt to me like that was a little bit of saying, hey, okay, maybe the offense isn't quite where we want it to be, but the defense was there, so that's a way we can win a ball game. Yeah, and, you know, they, they collected three turnovers from Rice, they get uh, the Jalen Ford interception, which was a beauty. Um, you know, Austin Jordan gets the interception, but really it was Devondre Sweat who forced that terrible throw by JT Daniels. And then they get the gift fumble. No one caused it. It just came out of uh, Quentin Jackson's hands and Jet Bush jumps on it. And that was the drive that Malik Murphy came in. And delivered a strike to Isaiah Nair, 14-yard bullet on third and nine to get to the Rice 19. And then it's just a comedy of errors. You know, Patrick Bayouth gets called for offensive pass interference on a 12-yard completion to Jonte Cook. That gets wiped out. Then on the next play, Hayden Connor gets flagged for 15-yard personal foul face mask. And it's first and 40. Um, and they end up having to settle for a 56-yard field goal attempt after having first down at the Rice 19. Um, and that was the only miss by Burt Auburn. The 56-yard field goal came up a little bit short. Um, so of the three, you know, they get the three turnovers, but they only get three points out of the out of the three turnovers. So 
Um, it wasn't, you know, it just wasn't sharp. It just was not a sharp performance offensively. And, you know, we're getting, you know, people saying on the message board, God, Malik Murphy looked better than Quinn Ewers. He only attempted five passes. He completed three of them. Um, but, you know, Murphy stands tall in the pocket. He throws off his front foot. Look, I'm higher than most on Malik Murphy. And people are asking me, is it, do we know for sure if Quinn Ewers is a better quarterback than Malik Murphy? No, we don't know for sure. We haven't seen Malik Murphy get the chance to run the offense for an entire game, but I don't know that we're ever going to get to see that this year unless Quinn Ewers falls completely flat on his face um, or has to come out of a game. And so I, we, we didn't, you know, Steve Sarkeesian didn't pull Quinn Ewers last year when he was 19 of 49 at Oklahoma state. I don't think he's going to, um, give Quinn Ewers the short leash. And as we just said, he got into a rhythm in the third quarter, put the game out of reach for all practical purposes. Malik Murphy comes in with six seconds left. The only reason I say that, um, we did not see Arch Manning, by the way. Um, and, and so, you know, we didn't get what we wanted, Eric. We, we thought maybe there'd be two series for Malik, two series for Arch Texas couldn't put the game away fast enough for that to happen. So, um, you know, it's Quinn Ewers. Look, here's the good news. The good news is Texas won the game. The bad news is they didn't look great doing it on offense. And the coaches are going to have the offense's full attention. The, the biggest question I had, Eric, was we had DJ Campbell start at right guard. DJ Campbell did not look confident at all in the first, really the whole time I saw him in the game. They actually, I thought, got better when he went out of the game in the third quarter. They brought in Neto Yumazulu uh, at left guard and moved Hayden Connor over to right guard. Uh, Cole Hudson, we found out after the game, uh, Sarkeesian said he was nicked up this week and was held out. Um, so, that offensive line, they've got to get their bleep together because they gave up a sack of Quinn Ewers deep in Texas territory when Kelvin Banks passed off uh, DeBraylin um, Carroll. Carroll. Carroll, sorry. Yep. DeBraylin Carroll. He passed him off to Hayden Connor, and Hayden Connor was off blocking nobody. Um, you know, he had kind of pushed over toward the center, and DeBraylin Carroll ran in on fettered and sacked Quinn for a nine yard loss that happens in Tuscaloosa. The fans are going to go crazy. It, it, you know, next week, everything gets magnified by 20 uh, because of the environment and the fact that you're going to have a hundred thousand and, and, you know, yelling roll tide wearing crimson um, every time Alabama does something well and Texas does something bad. So that's, I, I, I'm looking at DJ Campbell saying, can you get that much better in a week? Or do we need to rethink this? Does Cole Hudson need to be in there? Do they need to have NATO at left guard and Hayden Connor at right guard? I don't know, but that offensive line has got some figuring out to do Steve Sarkeesian, Kyle flood. They got to figure it out fast. Chip, sorry for, for jumping you there. When I, as far as finishing to Braylon Carroll's name, the only reason I was able to, is because I mean, uh, I want to point out something about him for Texas fans. 
Uh, I covered Conference USA for five years. DeBraylin Carroll probably listed at six foot, maybe 290, 300. I'm telling you right now, he's 5'10". <laughs> and the reason I point that out is because he, he had the sack, and he actually was the one who was in on the fourth down stop of uh, Jonathan Brooks early in the game. That guy shouldn't be making that type of impact. He's a nice Conference USA player. He should not be making that kind of impact against this Texas offensive line, where the whole purpose of seemingly this you know, shift by adding DJ Campbell and others was to get bigger at the offensive line and be more imposing. So that's why I just want to make that point. But to what you said overall, as far as the continuity, we heard Jake Majors talk about it in the postgame, right? Taking some accountability, saying that the communication needed to be better, and that starts with him as the center. And that's great on Jake for taking uh, the onus there, taking you know the, the, the brunt of, of everything that will happen. But let's just be honest, Chip, there were times in, this, in the first half where that right side of the offensive line looked out of sorts. And I don't want to put it all on DJ Campbell. I said this in my uh, you know, instant reaction to Tommy Yarish that, yes, DJ struggled, but I don't want to put it all on him. But the, the, the fact of the matter is even some of the blitzes that were uh, you know, unaccounted for were right up his side. And, and I pointed out uh, a sack to our own Jeff Howe where I was like, uh, I almost thought DJ Campbell was hurt for a second. Like, is he limping? And we looked at him and said, no, nah, he just got beat. So, yeah, you know, some of that, as you said, Chip, great point. Can he get that much better in a week? We'll see. Maybe some of it are, are just teaching points, right? This is DJ's, you know, first start, first, you know, action, you know, uh, under the light, prime time. Maybe some of that stuff is just teaching points, but it has to improve. It cannot look the way it did against Rice, against Alabama, because as you said, on the road, that's not just, okay, you know, let's pick ourselves back up and do it again. That is a huge momentum shift with, you know, 80, 90,000 people are in Tuscaloosa chanting roll tide. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll wind it down on this, Eric. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna be talking to John Talty of Bama twenty four seven, and we'll have that podcast for you on Monday morning. But um, defense solid. That's a great first impression. You'll take it. They rotated a bunch of guys. Some of the young guys made plays. Um, you know, Chris Ross had a couple pressures. Tavondre Sweat was everywhere. Ethan Burke, uh, I like him. He he only had he had a sack. Uh, they credit him with a half sack that should have gone to Byron Murphy. Uh, but I like the way he gets his arms up when he when he knows he can't get to the quarterback. He times his jump, gets those long arms up to try to bat passes. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna help. And then you know you, you got to. We didn't see a whole lot from Jalen Catalan tonight, but they were rotating guys through. You had, you know, Jaron Thompson didn't play in the first quarter because he broke team rules. So you had Michael Taft starting with uh, Jalen Catalan. And then, you know, Derek Williams got a lot of play at safety today. He didn't make a ton of plays, but they had confidence to put him out there. Malik Muhammad made some plays, right? You know, third series. Um, he was out there, had a pass breakup, had a tackle on third down that forced a punt. Um, defense, solid. You know, going to have to take it up a notch, obviously, to stop the running quarterback. They didn't have to deal with that today. Um, but uh, special teams outside of Will Stone's second half kickoff going out of bounds um, and a 56-yard attempt after two horrible penalties on Texas that put them in first and 40. Um, you'll, you'll take the special teams, the offense, 
And the offensive line, to me, the biggest question, Eric, is what we were just talking about. Is DJ Campbell ready for prime time? Is he is he ready to go into Tuscaloosa and deal with all that Alabama's going to bring? Um, and we know Sark knows Saban and his defense and everything, but DJ Campbell's got to block it. And I don't feel good about it right now. I, I think DJ Campbell might need a little more time you know, incubating, but that's why Sark and Kyle Flood get paid the big bucks. What's your, what's your biggest concern going into Alabama week? Well, you talked about that. So I'm just going to take the one that I've harped on, you know, in this podcast and I've harped on throughout the fall. I just would love to see you talked about the fact that Texas opened the game with four straight passes, which did catch me off guard. Again, we maybe it was just something we built up in our own mind, Chip, that they would come out and impose their will. Maybe that was our mistake, right? But if you're going to go into a place like Tuscaloosa, you're going to need some tough yards. There are going to be some times when it is late down, late drive, third down, fourth down, and short yardage. I just want to see them come out and convert I think once you do that, then you get the confidence that you can do it. On the flip side, if they come out early and, again, cannot convert, whether that's via pass or run, but I guess for the sake of this via the run, it feels like it's a, it could possibly demoralize. It's a, it's a downer to the morale. So I just want to see them come out next week. That is the big concern in my mind. When those plays are there, when everyone in the stadium knows – you got to run it to pick up a yard or two. Can you get it done? Because Chip, in, in my mind, I feel like if you do it once, especially in a place like Bama, that can get the ball rolling for the entire season. Yeah, no doubt. And look, Alabama's going to have Texas's attention in a way that Rice never will. So it's uh, it 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 could be a big step up. But I'm looking at. At that offensive line, Eric, I'm with you. You got to be able to make tough yards. You got to be able to, you got to be able to run for those yards uh, because Alabama was able to run for those yards today against middle Tennessee and Alabama's going to have a tough, tough day um, against this Texas defense. Everything's going to be earned. Uh, they're going to have to have a spy on, on Jalen Milrow. Who's that going to be with Mo Blackwell out? Is it Jody Barron? Is it Jalen Catalan? You know, who is it? Um, but interesting day in college football, especially in the Big 12, where Colorado, who won one game last year, just went into Fort Worth and beat the team that finished as college football's national runner-up. And Baylor, who Texas will open with on the road in Big 12 play on September 23rd, lost at home 42 to 31 to Texas state. Um, and uh, Houston, Houston was able to edge out Jeff trailer and UTSA and Frank Harris 17 to 14. Um, and right now, um, Texas tech and Wyoming thirteen Oh eight left in the third quarter. We're going to have to go watch the end of this one, Eric. Texas Tech leading 17 to 10. So interesting day in college football. 
Chip, uh, Wyoming, they return uh, some starters, which I guess, you know, <laughs> gives the Red give the Red Raiders a little more fits than, you know, hopefully they can give the Horns. But like you said, interesting day in college football, and I guess we'll just have to tune in and uh, happy football watching, right? That's right. That's right. All right. For Eric Henry, I am Chip Brown. Thanks for listening to our recap of Texas's 37-10 to 10 win over Rice with an I on next week's game against Alabama. Make sure you tune in on Monday morning when we'll be talking to John Talty of Bama247.com to set you up for a big week, Texas at Alabama. All right. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith.